Connolly, the Artistic Director of Women in Theatre, and I'm very, very pleased to welcome you to the Women in Theatre podcast. In this series, we present monologues from our Women and Work trilogy. Developed from conversations with women of different ages and backgrounds, these pieces we hope respect and celebrate individual human stories about women's working lives. You're about to hear a monologue from our 2014 show for the past 30 years. The show was created as a celebration of the company's 30-year anniversary. And for the past 30 years, shone a light, really, on the experiences of women who'd spent the last three decades working in theatre, health, community, probation, education and business sectors. The monologue coming up now was written by Katie Knight and performed, well, performed by me, Janice Connolly. After you've listened to this monologue, you can hear me talking with Katie about the experiences of writing the piece and reflecting on what it means now. But first, let's listen to Jackie, 64, teacher, performer, negotiator. I dismissed year 11 for the final time today. Go to your wide futures, I wanted to say. The untold want by life and land ne'er granted. Now voyagers sail thou forth to seek and find. Bliss it is this dawn to be alive, and to be young is very heaven. But I just said, go to lunch. Wouldn't surprise me if teachers were replaced with computers soon anyway. In the future, if kids are in need of wisdom, they'll just press a button on the Teacher Tron 3000. It'll print out an inspirational saying. It'll have different personality settings too, so they can change it to suit their preferences. Reassuring mum setting or corny American life coach. Or else I suppose they could just Google a choice bite of wisdom themselves. Independent learners and all that. When I started, it was one textbook between the whole year. I was resource and reference book rolled into one. Not needed now, though. You mustn't be the sage on the stage. You've got to be the guide on the side. What next? Hack at the back? Yeah, the future is less certain than before. That, at least, is for sure. (laughs) Job-wise, certainly is. When I started, exams were really just a nice way of wrapping up education. A nice little full stop, a common even. A breath between school and a life in the factories, making cars, or boxes or sauce. Your skill with a broom would get you as far as an O-level in maths and even, dare I say it, English. Oh, some of them ended up taking motherhood or prison as a post-school career, of course. But those factory doors were wide open for kids willing to come in and do a day's graft. Now, of course, the factories don't exist anymore. And these kids' jobs don't exist yet. So we're stuck teaching them transferable skills. I had to give up one of my lessons to make them write a poem about meeting deadlines. Half of them never handed it in. 
Oh, this was all Kevin's directive, of course. All part of the stamp he's tried to put on the place since he got the top job. He's hardly one of those hands-on heads, though. He's a historian, but he doesn't teach. He's in meetings, mostly. Only contact he has with the kids is if we've run out of space in the detention room and need to use his office as an overflow. Still expects us to have lunch with him every day, though. I wouldn't mind, but making sure 650 kids aren't bottling the living snot out of each other is not conducive to a restful lunch hour. Plus, the canteen ravioli brings me out in a rash. And all the while, he sat in his office, playing with his Newton's cradle and eating sushi. Lonely at the top. Could have been me, you know. Oh, yeah. I went for promotion. Several times. But they didn't take to me, the interviewers. Thought I was a bit rough round the edges. Well, they didn't spell it out in so many words, but I make sense of Shakespeare for a living. I'm skilled at getting to the nub, whereas Kevin talks the right kind of talk. And he's a man, which is a very impressive achievement. Honestly, if you're a young man and you don't know what to do with yourself, go into teaching. Keep your nose clean, you'll be ahead by 35. I don't mean to sound bitter. Being a woman has had its advantages in this job. Well, kids open up to you for a start. And parents too, for that matter. I'd like to know how many heart-to-hearts Kevin's had in his leather chair with his three-piece suit and his aircon. See, a few years ago now, we had a right to do in reception. I was marking in the staff room. It's one of the few places you're guaranteed a bit of peace and quiet these days. Suddenly, I heard this almighty screaming. At first, I had to check whether it was coming from inside my own head because I'd just been reading a Year 10's essay on Oliver Twist by Charles Darwin. But then Tracy, off reception, comes running in saying, Hey, Jackie, Jackie, come quickly. She's got a knife. So next thing I know, I'm out of my seat down the corridor in full-on power walking teacher mode. Sure enough, when I get to reception, there's a woman waving a huge kitchen knife round, shouting, You're killing her! You're killing her! Well, I recognise her face. She's Jemima's mum. Now, I only taught Jemima for a term back in year seven, but I remember the class. They were what you'd now call the nurture group. So, I go up to her. The fact that I'm cacking my pants with fear does not show in a single contour of my smiling face. That's a trick that took 30 years of teaching year nine to perfect. I say, oh, hello, you're Jemima's mum, aren't you? I know Jemima. What a lovely girl. I've spent a large chunk of my working life wrong-footing the hostile and volatile with sheer, bloody-minded politeness. Anyway, after that, she drops the knife almost immediately, just crumples into a crying heap on the chairs, which is my cue to produce a pack of tissues and usher into the meeting room. It turns out she's fed up of seeing Jemima come home in tears because of some comment or look from staff as well as kids. One time she'd been refused permission to go to the toilet and the poor thing had wet herself. And then they blamed it on her. Well, no wonder her mum had lost control. 
We are supposed to be a haven of enlightenment here. Educare means bringing up. We are meant to be bringing up young minds and nurturing curiosity, not bloody policing children's bladders. If Jemima's mom had forgotten herself, well, so would we. And I wasn't going to stand by and watch her getting bullied into swallowing a load of management claptrap by Kevin and his backing singers. Well, the upshot is I started a parents' group after school. The idea was they could learn about the school system, meet some other parents and voice some of their own ideas too. And a lot of the parents who came also needed some help with their English. So I set up a class in there as well. Got the more advanced ones teaching the learners. We'd play silly games, you know, like participle ping pong, superlative snap. And if they did well, I'd give them a sticker. And if they got five stickers, I'd give them a garden gnome with its bum out. You don't get them so much anymore. I had to buy them in bulk from the 50p shop. (laughs) See, my lessons with the kids are purposely just on the verge of boring. So the kids have got a bit of stability. But with the adults, once that showman wasn't the enemy, we could let it all hang out. We started a project where they had to make their own book about their family history. And they brought in food, clothes, music. We'd have a sing-song and a dance. I'll never forget being up on the classroom table singing Bollywood songs in a shower camis. I lighted my week, it was. I'll admit I got a bit carried away with it. Well, you know, not just the parents' group, but teaching in general. I was so busy trying to do my best at work that I didn't spend very much time with my own kids. I've always thought of myself as a teacher first. There's no Ofsted grades of parenthood after all. But if there were, mine might be requires improvement. An empty house, kids who ring once every few months if I'm lucky. Well, that wasn't my objective, but it looks like my outcome. Oh, maybe, maybe it's the system that requires improvement. Well, maternity leave's gotten much better and, and female teachers don't have to hide their engagement ring at interviews anymore. But alongside that, our workload has rocketed. Oh, it's okay for me. I'm a sprinkling away from retirement. It'll all be bridge circles and coach trips to Rill. Look out, community allotment. Here I come. No, it's the one starting out I feel for. We teach, teach, teach. But what do we learn? So anyway, I I ran the parents group for a whole year without any trouble. I got to know the parents pretty well, which was handy when they had to ring up saying their kid had been given detention for biting someone. Or that we found their son selling school computers down the market in his school uniform. They're numpty. And they were so grateful for the English lessons. I got the most delicious thank you treats. Samosas, uh, bhajis, aromatic sagaloo. No need for canteen ravioli about them. I kept the group secret from Kevin to begin with. Well, I didn't think he'd approve. And I was right. When he did find out about it, he insisted on turning up, which put a lot of them off. 
and I don't blame them. I wouldn't fancy conjugating an irregular verb while a lanky, sweaty man sits scribbling goodness knows what into his philofax. He joined us on the night we were practising the conditional tense. And what would you do if you were the head of the school? And one of them, Mrs Iqbal, said, I would let my daughter play and be happy. No exams. School should be a place of joy. And another said, I would burn the place down. Turn it into a chip shop. Very good, I said. Well, that was on the Friday and on the Monday I arrived at work to find I'd been gifted a teaching assistant. Another innovation in education. Her name was Trish and she'd been asked by the heads to provide general assistance in my classes. Now, don't get me wrong, some of my classes can be total pantomimes of the deranged. But I challenged Satan himself to get a minute's work out of year 10 on a Friday afternoon but I was in no more need of assistance than anyone else. We'd had a newly qualified teacher start the term before and judging by the howls of anguish wafting down the corridor on pretty much an hourly basis, I'd have thought I was hardly the first in line for help. Anyway, Trish spent the whole timetable with me. Mostly she just sat at the back, you know, staring into space. Occasionally she'd sit with some of the less aggressive kids. She liked to sit by Jamie, the selective mute. You know, just for a bit of peace and quiet. Well, one day it was absolutely baking hot. I'd given them a quote each from Shakespeare and they had to find the student with a matching quote. And we were down to the last few and Callum had got all the worlds a stage. I said, oh, I think Miss Felton's table might have the rest of that one. What do you think, Miss? Miss? And I hear this noise like... (laughs) And that's when I notice. She's only bloody fast asleep. I'd heard from Terry, one of the science teachers, that Trish was there to spy on me and report back to the head. Terry had also been given a teaching assistant. What his particular sin was, God only knows. Not kissing enough arse, probably. Well, at least I didn't have anything to worry about from Trish. Kevin asked her what I'd been up to. She'd only be able to tell him about the dream she'd had, where she was on a giant ball of Edom, being rolled down a rainbow on a canoe made of ostrich feathers. She didn't last long. Kevin's still here. He's put a stop to the parents' group, though. I think he tolerated me from then on because he knew my retirement was coming up soon anyway. And here it finally is. Well, here you go, Kevin. Here's your classroom back. Here's your pages of curriculum levels and progress charts and target grades. Here's your appraisal notes and meeting briefs and your bloody risk assessments. Here are 30 years of my life given to the service of your school and the kids who pass briefly through your doors before the world claims them back. I think a lot about the kids I've known over the years. I wonder what became of them all. All the world's a stage. 
And for some of them, the grey streets of the inner city are all the world. God knows there's enough tragedy there. I hope they got a decent part. Yesterday I was just slobbing about in Value Save, looking for a travel version of Solitaire. And I met the till in a world of my own, thinking about the parsnips I'd got that needed using up. And all of a sudden I hear, Hi, miss! And I look up at this smiling young woman. Takes me a moment. Then I look at her name badge. Jemima. And she said she and her mum had started teaching her cousin to read and write English since being in my class. They'd made their own family history book together. And she'd found out that her great-grandparents moved over from the Punjab to work at the steel factory in Wolverhampton. She's learning the conditional, miss, and then we're moving on to the future tense. I'm saving up to go and visit. I can see it now. That twinkling look of pride in her eyes. And I think to myself, you did all right, kid. Yeah. You did all right. So you've just heard me, Janice Connolly, perform me Jackie. Listen on to hear my conversation with the writer of that piece, Katie Knight. We just talk about what's going on in education today in 2020. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It's great for me to be able to read that monologue because that was actually one of the ones that I performed at the sold-out Birmingham Rep Theatre run of for the past 30 years. And I'm talking to the writer of that particular piece that came from an education background from the wonderful... I used to know as Katie, but now she's Kate. She's grown up. Uh-huh. Kate. Hey, Nat. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hiya. So how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm good. Yeah. Brilliant. So when we when we went and did that research and you wrote it, you were working with the founder at the rep at the time, but you were also a teacher at the time. That's right. Yeah. So how do you think things have changed? You've heard that again and what are you thinking now? Well, it's really interesting to hear it again because a lot of it, I think, still holds very true Mm -hmm. to a lot of um, teachers that I still know who are still in the profession. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think a lot has actually changed since writing that as well. So what do you think has changed and what you think remains, really? Well, I think... I just think the funding for schools, it just... It's creating this crisis, I think, Mm. that was certainly, you know, it's not like it's just suddenly happened in the last five years, but I think it's just accelerated and exacerbated at at really quite a rate. Um, So I think there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot to say about about that, but um, I think it's it makes schools like quite a quite challenging place for the adults and for the for the kids really, just because the, the the funding just isn't there to. And what impact do you think? So she says, doesn't she, Jackie, educare mm. to to bring out. Do you think that education is bringing stuff out in kids? Um, I do. I think it brings out a lot of things in kids. And I think some of the things it brings out are wonderful. And, you know, it really does, you know, when it works, it works. <laughs> it does, uh, It you know, one of the things about teachers is 
and schools generally is that they will just give they just give yeah. so much with even with the tiny little bit that they've got they can you know a, a good teacher and a great teacher can, can oh, give. they still around. <laughs> yeah, they are still around. Oh, that's very, very helpful. Because <laughs> when we went and talked to people, we talked to people who'd worked in education and all this stuff about the extracurriculum stuff that's in that monologue. Mm-hmm. English classes for parents mm-hmm. for whom English wasn't their first language. Yeah. Cooking and stuff. We were talking before we recorded this and you were saying there's examples now where schools are going the extra... 100 metres at extra mile to, yeah. to bring in families. So what kind of things do you think schools are doing now that's extra to curriculum? Well, I mean, I think we were talking about the schools that have, they've opened up their laundry facilities yeah. and they're doing, they're actually doing the parents' laundry and, mm-hmm. you know, their breakfast clubs where they're mm-hmm. feeding kids um, and, and all of these initiatives just, you know, they, they just show that schools really still have a, a place in the community and they're still so important. But I think they're also showing that, that schools often do these things so sort of in spite of what's what what they're given in terms mm-hmm. of money and funding and resources like they you know they they manage to stretch things but but I certainly when I was working in education I think we all just felt really stretched just you know it's so sad isn't it because so many teachers are leaving aren't yeah they? there's a lot the of kind of teacher that Jackie seems to be mm-hmm. which is a sort of born to teach yeah it feels very bad that she's put her own family on the back burner mm-hmm. a bit for mm-hmm. other people's children yeah you wonder if she would have managed to even have got to the to the time of retirement like she has today. People are falling by the wayside so much. Yeah, it's true. And for me, Jackie is very much, you know, a different teacher from the one that I was. Um, I don't consider myself necessarily to be like one of those vocational mm. teachers. Um, but I think certainly the Jackie is based on a lot of people who who are, you know, sort of born, born educators. And... Um, and yeah, I think, you know, they, they do, they stay because they they have to, because that's what their passion is and that's what they're born they to do. They have been staying, but I think a lot of them are actually leaving. Yeah. And I think all that stuff about feeling stretched, so many people that were teaching involved with sort of ill health, mental yeah. health wise. Yeah. Do you think that that is, and I'm not trying to paint a negative picture, I'm just sort mm-hmm. of saying this seems to be an inevitable side product of stretching people. Yeah, definitely. I don't myself view it as particularly sustainable, um, what's happening in education at the moment. Like, I I can't remember the percentage of teachers who leave after five years, but I think it's around like a Mm. third, I think, or something around that ballpark. Um, If things carry on the way that they're going, I can only see that increasing, really. Um, And I think... You know, it's it's a challenge for everybody. But, like, I think the amount of stress that the adults are under just, you know, mm. it's it's worse for the kids. And it's I only know. going to be worse for the kids if the adults aren't happy. It's <laughs> so, sort of straightforward, really, isn't it? It yeah. would be really great that, uh, for things to go back a little bit to a kind of... I know there was no halcyon days of any time, really. Mm. But when I think about my own education, there seemed to be quite a lot of time for laughing mm-hmm. and pro- maybe that is still the truth I think sometimes we think well, it's not like it was <laughs> I think there is definitely the temptation to think that way and yeah. I think you're right there, there are no halcyon days I think you know back in you know 30 years ago there were I mean I, I was a product of section 28 for example that's right, certainly so not a halcyon no. um, <laughs> uh, environment to grow up in it's really damaging but um and then we're going back on that now, actually. Yeah, and that's coming back round. Yeah. So I think, you know, the schools just, there's always problems. Um, 
And it's, I think it's important to acknowledge that they are probably getting worse in some ways. And yet, however, like you're saying, at the heart of it, there are people Mm -hmm. of the Jackie mould who are saying, come on, let's open these school gates wider to communities. Let's engage. What do you think the benefits of thinking outside the kind of curriculum box are for education? Uh, Well, I mean... I think, you know, arts are always the first to... They're always the first on the chopping block, aren't they? But um, they, they really shouldn't be because I think with the the amount of pressure that children are under today, like I'm... One of the things I do now that I'm not a classroom teacher is I do tutoring and just, you know, there's a... It's just really given me an insight into how much expectation and pressure there is on these ch- children. And I think, you know, arts provide a way for children to kind of make sense of everything it's not even just like it's not even like about release or relief it's just about the core tools to just be dealing with things that are being kind of presented to them I think this all is so time. true because I remember when the when the first the education cuts were coming out and arts were being cut everywhere and I looked on the curriculum for Eton and they got a theatre all our boys will be in a play mm-hmm. all our boys will you know mm-hmm be involved with making pottery yeah or play musically they understand the extra depth of understanding which you're talking about yeah that it gives to your perception of life empathy oh definitely the way that things work and it isn't just this run around release let them dance for a bit there's something deeper going oh on, definitely emotional resilience emotional yeah. intelligence yeah like you said empathy so many so many things that you know even if they do and, you know, some of them do manage to succeed and get these high levels and do all, everything that's being expected of them. But if they've got that and they don't have the resilience and the kind of emotional capacity to that, kind of right. deal with, with you know, modern modern life, <laughs> um, you know, what what's it all for, really? Yeah, what's so. it all about? And education is such a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and it can be. And there are people like Jackie, you know, and all the people that we interviewed who, mm-hmm. who um, you know, Jackie sort of is a representation of. And, and they're doing such wonderful things. Um, I just don't think we can sort of... It wouldn't be right for us to sort of settle and say, well, it doesn't matter because there's wonderful people in education, you know. Um, Absolutely, I do Because there worry. are. There are, but... And I'm... there always will be. Mm, I hope so. Because we do need those Jackies. We need those kind of rogue people. Yeah. <laughs> it concerns me sometimes that we're kind of getting identical teachers in who are very good at filling in, well, not even formed, it's all on the computer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Who are good at sort of talking the talk. I think that's a line in He can talk the talk. Yeah, yeah. But it's whether people can actually walk the walk that we need in, in education. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between jumping through, you know, hoops and uh, and being able to to deliver what children really need. I think. And then, of course, we were talking earlier, which there probably isn't time for now. But where where do they go once they've got these qualifications? Know, you know, qualification <laughs> what do they math. do then? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. So yeah. it was so delightful to return to it and, and re-inhabit Jackie with all her passion and her kind of bitterness but at the same time <laughs> that kind of I'm saying it as it is she's we, bitter because she cares I know she that's, is that's what it's all about really and I we think. need people like her standing up and saying what they think yeah and thanks for writing it oh, thanks thank very you. much to Kate Knight thank you thank you That was me, Janice Conley, talking to Katie Knight. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you know someone who would benefit and enjoy listening, why not share it with them? Also, rating and reviewing the podcast will help us find more listeners. 
and Jackie was written by Katie Knight and performed by Janice Connolly. It was directed by Joe Gleave. Sound design was by Sam Frankie Fox and the podcast was recorded at Brum Podcast Studios with Brum Radio. The Women in Theatre podcast is funded by Arts Council England, the Sir Barry Jackson Trust, the Feeney Trust, the Cole Charitable Trust and The Space. And the monologue was originally part of the stage production for the past 30 years, produced in association with Birmingham Repertory Theatre. Now, this is a free podcast from Women in Theatre. We're a charity. So if you think, oh, I'd like to support the work we do, you can make a donation by visiting our website, womenintheatre.co.uk forward slash supporters.